Hello, everybody. Hang on, bringing her back. There we go. Hello, everybody. Good evening and welcome to Conversations with Extraordinary People. This is Manifesting with Meg, episode 63. And it's all about, so never quit, never quit, never quit. Tonight, I want to welcome everyone um, to this really special episode because I um, have my amazing guest, first of all, Berta Medina, who is just a rock star in so many many different ways and as usual i do love to share her with the world because i feel like it's a special secret gem that i found and i have to say did you see her you know so for sure if you're gonna never quit she's definitely someone you want on your team in your life um but also because today is april 12th 2021 um and today um is we're trying to consider it a celebration of my mom and her memory and um Berta also lost her mom within the last year and a half too. And we want to honor those legacies that make us the dynamic individuals that we are and that most individuals are because without their moms, I don't know if we would be here. We probably wouldn't. <laughs> Clearly. And yeah, so that sounded kind of dumb, but the reality is yes, the truth of the matter is without our moms, we, who are we? So before I start, this is in fact dedicated to Mary Jo and to Bertolina. This is April, month of transforming dreams into reality. It is a fantastic month in the Magical Guide to Bliss. Um, one of my favorite months because all the hard work from January forward starts to actually become realized now. And I always like to believe that my mother has her hand in a lot of the wonderful things that come to fruition. Suzanne Simonetti's here. So happy to have you and invite you to be a part of the conversation tonight. This is a show about transformation, dreams, inspiration, true happiness, discovering what, and it's time as always to manifest the life of our dreams together as we move forward looking for guidance from each other and i love this part because i love to be intentional so it's time to really truly set our intentions i actually want to um, point out why i do this and i think that as we go through life when we get clarity around why we do things why we're here and i love that i like play into this berta because berta has a book called the why is the way so hmm, stay tuned we'll talk about that as well but i think that when you set your intentions you truly kind of guide yourself as to what speaks to you in your heart and your dreams and your goals and your life settings so when we do that, and usually mine is to have a good time, and I love every person who comes on here, I'm always having a good time. But with Bert's, I'd like you to also set your intention for the interview and then also pick a number in the magical guide. And I'm gonna be able to read it tonight if, if you allow me that, Berta. Um, certainly maybe guided by you know um, our mothers and, and what they would want us to hear as well. So um, I'm going to introduce the magical Berta Medina. She is the eternal optimist who believes in the power of generosity and is passionate about sharing her message that dreamers truly succeed. So you have a incredible dreamer who wants to get you guys to the dreamer succeeding stage and you got a manifester here tonight. So there's all sorts of what we're going to happen. <laughs> you like that? I love huh? it. She listen to this. 
After years of building, operating, growing her own successful business, she took her experience and love for philanthropy to travel to Africa. Yes, that's what I said, Africa. On a heroin climb to Mount Kilimanjaro, that means more to her. Like basically, that was like a life's vision to do this. And she went to the peak as part of a mission trip to change the world for Maasai children. Now, I don't know if you know a lot of people who have gone out there to do something so selfless as well to raise money to help these kids. But I want to tell you, this is the kind of woman she is. So since she reached the peak, peak pick the peak at 19,341 feet she has re-envisioned the importance of goals and the power of generosity now she helps businesses and individuals connect genuinely give genuinely and reach a level of success and fulfillment that means more to her clients than just the bottom line she's a keynote speaker and she's amazing at that professional certified coach with this icf which is the international coaching federation an author like i said a certified go-giver speaker thrive through accountability expert and host of the dreamers succeed podcast and i would encourage all of you to take a look at her podcast because she has some really great guests who will get you inspired but more importantly she has a passion to bring people to fulfill their dreams and her workshops and keynotes help their audience realize their goals and you couldn't expect anything more because literally if you have someone on your team who's going to help you get to the end where you see your dreams realized transforming them into reality berta is your girl and i will tell you she motivates those who need a push because she is an accountability bitch so let's let's start the conversation <laughs> like that you're not going to get away with anything so now Oh my God, how grateful I am tonight to get to share this episode with you, Berta. Thank you so much for honoring me. I really do appreciate it with everything I have. So thank you. Um, thank you, Meg. I'm the one who's honored and, and, and I know how special today is. So I'm just, I'm just stoked and, and really, really grateful that I get to share this space with you today. You know, I think that, you know, once, you know, once, you know, our moms leave, it's kind of like that wonderful cornerstone foundation for a lot of people, maybe not for everyone, but, you know, we kind of look to them to nurture, to care, to love us. And then when that unconditional love goes away, you're going to have to like start looking in the mirror and putting the mask or the, you know, the oxygen on yourself and starting to love yourself without, you know, knowing full well that you've given, that you've been given everything that you need to succeed in life. Let me ask you about your own personal relationship with your mom, as far as, you know, her impact on you being a dreamer and who's, you know, calling other dreamers to succeed and wake up. That's, that's interesting, Meg, my, my uh, mom. And I love the way that you put it, because I think for a lot of us, um, you know, the, 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 the loss of a, of a mom, which I think, I think that a parent, but a, but a mom, especially is something that really shakes you to the core. You know, whether it's something that's expected from a, from a disease or something that's sudden, it doesn't matter. It really does, does shake you. And I think that depending on how old you are when that happens, they, it's possible that you tend to wait for that not to be there in order to start working on that loving of yourself. Uh, so for me, fortunately, it came a little bit before my mom, I thought my mom was going to be here. You know, she was going to live to be a hundred. She was 84 years old. I thought I had all the time in the world. And, but I really at 50 and I think it was the 50, right. Um, started very, very intentionally working on, on getting to know myself and loving myself. Yeah. And, and I traveled a lot alone. You know, when I went on that first mission trip, 
I came back and I said, you know, every year, you know, we're Catholic and Cuban and we get raised with all this guilt and we don't travel without our husbands and what are you doing? And, um, you know, my kids were grown, so it was, it was, it was easier, but I had my mom and my mother-in-law both live with us and all that stuff that comes with that. And, and I remember I said, I'm going to travel alone once a year, at least when I came back and I was 47 when I, when I went on this trip and, and it, in that time alone, I began to really get to know who I was, you know, and, um, and I, and I thought, man, you know, she's pretty cool. This Berta girl that, you know, I did, I lost touch with for, for so many years as we tend to do. So, so that process really began. And I, I, I say it's only God for me before without thinking and what you needed, but it came in very handy, Meg. So I love that you say that because it really, it really is, it really, that does really shake you, as I said. I often say, you know, interestingly enough for me, I had such a great relationship with my mother toward, you know, the end of her life. And reality was I didn't really need to talk to anybody else. I mean, I had my best friends and they were close for a long time. But when I, you know, I started my life, I, you know, I really shared with her everything. Like if I had like this, you know, like insight, I would call her and I never really you know, I never really looked to other people to, you know, satisfy that incredible urge of curiosity to, you know, play in the kind of stages of enlightenment, you know, so mm-hmm. it was really kind of interesting. I, I love that, you know, when I was, when I realized that she wasn't going to be there anymore, it was really shocking to me because I was like, well, who is going to talk to me anymore? You know? So um, yeah, literally it was kind of like, you know, Oh my God. And who's going to love me unconditionally anymore. And I just, I really, it was one of those things that just like shook me to my core because mm-hmm. you say never quit, never quit. Yeah. Like, yeah. But I'm not sure I like it here. Anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, and you know, Vera is saying, sending hugs and love on this special anniversary. And, and I see 10 years. It's like, it's kind of shocking to me that yeah, I'm yeah. still not hanging out in my closet. I don't know, yeah. like, you know, when when you went through the process, your mom was in her 80s, my mom was late 60s, but still, it's never too. It's never old. Like there's never like it's never a good time, right? It's never a good time. <laughs> it's never, like, wait a second, like yeah. when you're celebrating all of the things, like walking up Mount Kilimanjaro and and me finishing the Camino, like I know. I probably would not have done it if she were still alive. So, but, but I wish I could tell her all about it, you know? So it's, it's just kind of one of these kind of, you know, oh, it's like the double edged sword, you know, it's like, wow, my life really opened up to possibility. And I think it's because of the lessons that they teach us growing through. And, you know, that kind of goes back to our theme today. So, so if you give me a check second, you know, it's the whole idea of you live long enough, you'll make mistakes. But if you learn from them, you'll be a better person. It's how you handle adversity, not how it affects you. The main thing is never quit, never quit, never quit. And that's um, Bill Clinton. But, you know, I, I really want to say, you know, my mother was always like, I think she may have rolled her eyes a couple times because I was a huge dreamer back then. I was like, oh, yeah. I'm gonna everything, mom. And they're like, get a job, become a lawyer, and be safe. Like, I don't know about you, but you had a great, th- uh, thriving business. You were like, you were in it. You are like, 
you have solid business foundationals. I imagine, like, I, I don't know, was your mother really impacting you in that particular area? Was she, was she, like, I mean, she came here from Cuba, for God's sake. The woman had, you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. And and I think, Megan, that's a, such a great question because I think a lot of times we, I, I you know, I, I see this side of my mom because we we can we can create in our minds whatever we want that to be and i was obsessed with my mom growing up right um you know my father went back to cuba when she was five months pregnant so thank god we had you know my grandparents and my aunt you know we i grew up in a house with with three cousins so i i was an only child but i didn't grow up like an only child so there was my mother was pure work ethic pure loyalty i mean almost to a fault as far as my father was concerned even though he was in cuba um there were there were there were like all these very subtle lessons but i'll tell you what's crazy it was it was a total breaking of the mold you know um you know i was not supposed to have my own business i i was supposed to work and come home and do the extracurriculars with the kids and that's just that's just what was normal for us it was it was not this you know who goes out there and starts doing mission trips and and i've always been an avid volunteer that was not the mold of our family growing up and, but, I'll, but I'll tell you what, probably the biggest lesson from my mom, and I only remember it in hindsight. And when I say remember, I don't mean remember. I remember, I'm talking about hearing the story, the retelling of the story. My mom was always afraid of the dark, like deathly afraid of the dark. She slept with her closet light on in her room. She didn't like to be in the house alone. So when I was, you know, probably a year and a half old, I was toilet trained. So in the evening, I would have to go to the bathroom. But there's this hallway, everything is dark. You know, when there were eight of us in a two bedroom. If you turned on the lights, everybody in the house woke up. And, and I would have to pee. And she would say, listen, go ahead, go ahead, go by yourself. He was afraid of going with me because she had to walk this dark highway. And I'd look at her probably like, hey, you're the adult here. And she would say, just go, God is with you. So I would go, do my thing, and come back. And you know what? I I feel like that must have planted a seed in this, you know, year and a half year old little girl, um, of 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 faith and trust and knowing that God was with me and not being afraid of certain things. So of course, you know, here I am building a business, telling her I'm going to go away. I started working on my pilot's license the same year and she would be petrified when she would see me get up and grab my pilot bag and it was six in the morning and I'm calling for the weather and she would say, are you going to go fly today? I'm going to be spend the whole day nervous and whatever. And I would say, mom, look, I have more of a chance of getting killed on the road driving to Miami than when I'm up on the plane for an hour. It's just, that's just not okay. how it works. I'm going to stop but, you for a second because I yeah, want go to ahead. everybody what we're talking about here first of all this is in the kids in kenya or is this yeah this is sipao my first sponsored child he's the one i climbed Kili for so this is so your project is with um go ahead tell everyone a little bit about that because i want everyone to understand what you're doing because sure. you really yeah, have so, kids yeah so one child is an organization out of colorado springs and they are a child sponsorship model they have over 40,000 kids in 14 different countries. And when they put this climb together, they the mission was that you would commit to climbing this mountain, fundraise enough, it was just under $6,000. Sibao was five, all the kids, there were 23 climbers, they were all five years old. And those funds would ensure that they had medical, nutritional, and educational 
support until they graduated their version of high school. Because these, you know, in Kenya, schools are public, but they're not free. So the Maasai people living way beneath the poverty line cannot afford to send their children to school. Right. Uh, so that's what the climb was. So Sipao at the time was five. When I get there, we got to meet them and I got to meet his entire family. It was it was a wonderful experience. And then I went back two years later and, um, you know, I promised him that I would be, I wanted him to know that I existed, that I wasn't just, you know, a stamp on a, on a letter. And, and um, he's 12 now and I have, you know, 14 other kids <laughs> in addition. This. So this, you're an adventurer, first of all, and I didn't mean to cut you off because I'm getting to the picture of you in a plane. Because literally, do it, do it. <laughs> so I wanted to make sure we go back to that story. But this is who you are. You're you're an adventurer, and I think that you know maybe when your mother pushed you to get out of the you know go to the bathroom by yourself at night, you're like, yeah. I'm not gonna do this. I'm not gonna do this. God. It's like, go, oh God, yeah. Yeah. So, so, yep. and also, you know, here we, here we go with regard to the pilot. So tell us, you know, what you're, tell the rest of your story as you were, you were telling you, your mom is like, you know, telling you, are you really going to get I had to fight. She was always, she was always afraid. And I, I, I almost felt bad for making her nervous, but at the same time, I couldn't shy away from number one, doing what I, what I wanted to do. And number two, showing my kids. And Chloe was around at the time already. She was, you know, two years old. Um, Chloe's my granddaughter, and and I needed them to know that it was okay to break the mold, and not and not to live in fear. And you know what? If I'm not afraid of dying because I've done it all, and not doesn't mean I don't have a five-gallon drum waiting for things I want to do. Yeah. But but you know I'm okay with with life because I'm living it. You know what I mean? I totally know. And this is this is your beautiful mother and, and I'm mine. Right. I, I have yours under me and, and Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. I have yours under me and you have mine under you. But these are the women who yeah. who are the ones who encourage us to tell a better story for our life. And I think that yeah. you know, one of the coolest things about being a parent is that the whole idea is that when you learn from those mistakes, you can hopefully pass on that better person example to your kids. I, I, there's somebody, okay. So my mother was the daughter of a congressman, okay? So clearly, and they were forced every night to come to the table and have something to tell of their five kids. She was one of five, she was the oldest of five, and they made them come to the table and said, what did you do to serve today? And they were, <gasps> self-aware of what's going on in the world today because you are not the only one in this world and the planet does not revolve around you so her vision or mission for all of us is like the same like education is key you better get a good education you better work hard you don't this life is not like you, you opportunities are out there but you're not going to get it unless you work and the discipline so she's always disciplined discipline and meanwhile I'm like, I'm this creative kid. Like, I, I, like, like, I'm going to go draw for hours. That sounds disciplining for me. Yeah. Meanwhile, nobody in school, you know, reading, writing and arithmetic cared about my drawing. Or mm -hmm. my, so, so, you know, it's kind of living in that world where she came from. And I don't know about your mother. Maybe you can share a little bit about that. But, you know, she wanted, she probably would have been a really amazing lawyer. My mother was like, 
She was exposed to politics her whole life. They campaigned with my grandfather when they were younger. I mean, they knew what was going on in the world. They were very aware of the Italian Americans and what needs were in this particular um, in, in in the Bronx in New York and how they served their community. And I mean, I coming from Cuba as well. You know, five months pregnant, your dad went back to Cuba. I can only imagine that there was this inner strength that they knew that they had to pass on. I, I, I'm asking you with regard to that because, you know, we all have dreams. It's the ones that have a hunger for those to actually see our purpose unfolding and calling. And I think in many ways, the gift of the foundationals like discipline, hard work, right. education, right. kind of opened up those doors. So we realized, and plus my mother was complete feminist. I mean, she <laughs> took care of the kids, but man, my daughters are all going to have careers and yeah. they're not going to answer to any man in such a way. They're all going to have their own heads on their shoulders and literally two doc, two lawyers and a doctor. I mean, I love it. I so love when it. she died, she was like, okay, I did my job. Like, yeah. <laughs> but tell me a little bit about your, your mom and, and how she left that particular legacy because I see you and I see what you're doing for your daughter and for your granddaughter with these wonderful trips that you go to Keeley and you go and you travel and you 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 climb mountains and you raise money for one child and all of these things you know tell me a little bit about how that how she impacted you yeah I think I think it's a beautiful it's a beautiful testament and and I love that you shared that Meg because I think that that every generation has better tools right yeah. And, you know, my, my grandmother, who I was very close to, you know, I was raised by my grandparents practically because my mom worked a lot, even though, you know, she raised me. Um, you know, I know that my mom had better tools than, than my grandmother. And, and her parents, they were very, very big on the education in Cuba. They had to go to university, all that stuff. So my mother comes here and then you're starting from zero, especially not knowing is this man coming back? Is is it, what's going to happen? They don't know still. It's the you know early '60s and they don't know what's going to happen. So so there was all this just it seemed like sort of survival mode pending. You know what I mean for her? It was it was I have to do the best that I can and I have to raise my daughter and I have to help my parents who are aging and and be there for my sisters and my it was it was just. For, her world revolved around family and and our nucleus meg yeah. was you know the the average nucleus is okay mom dad siblings our <laughs> nucleus included second third fifth cousins it was like our <laughs> nucleus was a very big nucleus because yeah. my grand sisters were very strong strong matriarchs then they instilled that in my mom and her sisters and all the cousins so it was like you threw all the kids into a big pot and everybody was raising everybody's kids or looking out for everybody's kids. So for her, I think that that the family unit was so essential yeah. that everything revolved around that. Like my mom was the person who was always feeding everyone. Um, <laughs> you know, she lived with me most of my married life. So so it was like our house was the house yeah. because that's what she always wanted to do. She just wanted to take care of everyone. Yeah. And that to a certain degree really blended or bled into me even though I'm an only child to to have that there's an expectation of you know she would look at me a little like you know through the side of her eye making sure that I'm taking care of everyone and making sure that I'm making you know it was almost like I had to take on that role 
but it was for her it was just and she never sat me down and said hey listen this is what you have to do a b and c and this it was all i'm either going to show you by example or you're not going to so tell me so so you left your job as a it was it was uh in the title insurance right that right. we're doing and you since juxtaposed your career to this life coach extraordinaire i mean business coach adventure coach you're more than just life i mean it's like everything you know and do you see your mother speaking through you sometimes when you're doing what you're doing now as if you know wow she's really living the dream that i came here to 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 get for her like so you're really servicing other people and not feeding them in many ways food but you're feeding them life sustenance and on top of that you're really spiritually lifting people's souls through this generosity which you just you just do and you can tell you're you're you know, I, and I know only this because of the wonderful share that your daughter did with Chloe <laughs> she's opening up her own business at what she's yeah. 12 so like literally she's nine she's nine nine years old so so I I, I want to go back to um, a lot of the power of of your understanding the gifts of your mother and at the same time I can share the understanding of the gifts of mine because while you're being raised you're not so happy with it because you want to be and I can only imagine Berta you're very independent you literally you know make your way in this world you went to the bathroom by yourself at the age of one and a half you get in planes and you fly you climb mountains I mean clearly there's something that's pulling at you to to adventure so what does this mean? Keep track, but don't keep score. Oh, I, I love that, Meg. And and I think what happens is that I I am not a tit for tat. I don't, I, I stopped keeping score a long time ago. I'm gonna be generous because I'm gonna be generous, not because I think of what I'm gonna get in return. And, and I think that was one of the greatest lessons from my mom and it hit me um, at her funeral. You know, we had, her funeral and we had two other rooms you know reserved and we had more food than i'd ever seen anywhere we had a coffee stay and it was just it was just so normal because she spent her entire life wanting to serve people and 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 actually feed them so we i didn't want to do a funeral funeral i wanted to really celebrate her life except you know you have to do it at whatever um, so I think that, that one of the greatest things for my mom was that she spent her entire life making deposits into people's lives without ever expecting to make a withdrawal, without ever expecting anything returned. She just did it because that's what she did. So that's what I mean by that, that I, I, I keep track that I'm doing it. Am I living up to it? Am I, am I honoring her? Am I making sure that that I'm doing my part. I don't care what comes back. Yeah. You know, that's between, you know, God and, and, and the universe. It has nothing to do with me, but I'm gonna do it. And and what happened, what the good thing about that is that since I'm not keeping score, I can do it all day. Cause right. I'm not worried about what's coming back. Yeah. It, it's coming back, don't get me wrong. It's coming back a thousandfold, just from other places. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, 
saying like, hey, I've been serving these people for six months and I haven't heard, you know, anything from them. But yeah. it, that's just not that's just not what we're here to do. Well, you know, I, it's interesting that you point that out. And I think that's pretty amazing because it's our value doesn't come from the money we're paid. I mean, and I and I think that, you know, people get lost in that, so to speak, because I can tell you at my mom's funeral, there were what felt like 800 people there. Wow. And, like there were at least 10 priests on the dais. And this is a woman who did not take crap from anyone. Like she would, <laughs> I mean, my sister Mary and the, we all gave, all three of us gave the eulogy. And right before we actually went on, like literally on, the electricity in the entire church. And it was a huge church in St. Mary Magdalene or like, like Altamont Springs, huge church. It went out. And I looked at my sister, I go, oh, she's here. <laughs> We better not screw this up, man, because she is listening and our, you know, what we say is going to make a difference. And I think that many, like, you know, I know my mom truly cared about people. Like she truly wanted to see people, you know, like you're saying, succeed. And, and what you're saying is, you know, out of the generosity of her heart, she, you know, I think people get lost in the notion that, you know, um, we're here to make a lot of money. I mean, my father really did well. He served as well as a cardiologist. He did really great in the community that he's well respected. He just loves his patients, but our parents just showed, you know, it's like, you're here to be a part of the fabric of society to make this place a better place. Not like my, like her father would say, you're not here to take up space. You're here to serve in some capacity. And I do believe there's like a sweet spot. You know, I think that if you feel that you're being like, I think you can, you can't give from an empty cup. So back to what we were saying before the whole love yourself notion, but I think once your cup is filled, I, I, you know, not keeping track, you know, keeping track, but don't keep score is really a way to look at it because at the end of the day, you know, if you ask anyone who knew my mom, they would like, she changed my life. And we hear that still today, you know, we hear that. So, you know, another thing I wanted to say, why, you know, you put Papa Smurf on here. So I am dying. <laughs> what in the heck? Oh, by the way, Leslie's saying that both your moms sound like amazing women. She loved the quote that you put as well. But Papa Smurf, tell me about him. Tell Papa me. Smurf. Papa Smurf has a, has a quote uh, that says she, wait, I don't want to get this wrong. She was not amazing. No way. I'm going to mess this up. Hold on. Hold on. Cause I, I, I know what it is. Okay. So the, the premise of the quote is that a person is not amazing because they believe they're amazing. Okay. They are amazing in advance because we believe that they're amazing. Like, let's say, you know, with your mom, you know, she, she breathed life into all of your dreams and everything that you wanted to do. So you became, yeah. you know, we sort of become yeah. what the expectation is. We sort of live up to what we want them to see, you know, for, for me, as well as for you, because I know we've gotten into stories of, of yeah. your mom. It's like you live up to what you are, what, what you are believed to live up to. Right. And whether that comes from you at an early age, it has to come from our parents. It comes from our teachers. It comes from the people around us that love us until we get to that point where we can believe it enough in ourselves that we're not dependent. 
I think that's that's the word I'm looking for. We're not we're not dependent on the external. And you said something key, Meg. You said um, you can't pour from an empty cup. Now, now I believe that we actually can pour from an empty cup, and we do it all the time. I just wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, <laughs> actually, yes, definitely that because you will be so depleted that. The, I think I truly believe though that there is this joy component that that you know you're not here to walk this earth only to have a one-sided experience of suffering. I mean that's optional, right? You, the pain is is there. I mean I know it. I saw my mother, you know, you know, go through a, a, ca a cancer diagnosis, I, and she suffered, and and she, you know, literally, I, you know, watching her go through that was just probably so incredibly i don't even know the extent of the pain that she was and the fear that she was and I, and I felt because of the empathy but the reality is there is a joy component there is that that part of the coin that you have to flip over and realize okay i, I really need to take care of myself now because i i i want to experience life not exhausted not you know yeah. Not un, under under you know appreciated like it's all the time literally all the time you do this to me it's gonna come back and haunt you one day I can't believe I'm saying that I'm pretty sure my mother said it to me all the time but the bottom line is it's true it's just yeah. true because there you go and but and, man, you think you think about what what the gift that your mom gave you you know right before she passed oh yeah. Oh. that completely changed the trajectory of your life oh yeah i went chasing after a lighthouse <laughs> oh yeah. and also yeah yeah she said to me you know stress will kill you don't have any regrets and i was like i have lots of regrets right now this is where i died you know if i yeah. put myself i saw death and i put myself there and i go oh yeah no 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 i mean i'm blessed i'm grateful i literally um, there were so many beautiful things that happened from that point to that point, but no, no, this like whole creative side wants to come out. So yeah, I absolutely. And what about you at the end, like with her, your mom, like, was there something that, you know, shifted you as well that for instance, you were like, you know, here you say, expect what you want into your life. Was that something that you always had in you or is that something that you, you came to know? you know, as you, you got older or when you're yeah. past. I, I think it, it just becomes obvious, you know, and, and when we hear things, that invitation, like, like that invitation that your mom gave you that, that sort of jolted you, probably you were aware of it, but not so in front of you that you had to do something with it. Um, that expectation that we have. And I think I, I'm a firm believer that we don't always get what we want or what we need, but we do always get what we expect. Yeah. And we need to be expecting more for ourselves. I think um, at, at the end of my mom's life, uh, you know, I'm an eternal optimist to a fault, I say. You know, I remember, I remember my mom went back into the hospital. It was like, you know, the fifth times, you know, in, in, in three months. And it was just wearing on me. But I knew that if I could get my mom to eat, you know, my mom survived what what she shouldn't have survived and the doctor would even tell me you know what i pulled up what god and i pulled off with your mom is the greatest miracle of my career wow because she had a blood clot and then she came out of it and she was fine but then she started to decline because 
she sort of made a decision that th this was it for her. And I remember that about a month before she passed and my cousins would say, listen, would tell my husband and the kids, you're going to have to take her to therapy. She's in denial. She doesn't think, you're, you know, her mom is going to die. And I would tell you, I would tell the people, listen, you guys don't know my mom. My mom is a beast. If I can just get her to eat, she's going to be fine. And we're going to be on the other side of this and everything is going to be good. Yeah. And, and I remember I dropped her off at the hospital. You know, I couldn't overnight. And then I had a class the next day. So I had Jocelyn went in and stayed with her that day so I could go to this class. And and you have to get up and say one thing about yourself in this class. And I got up and I said, I realized that I am uh, optimistic to a fault. And it was because I couldn't see it. And it was the first time that I was finally coming to grips with the fact that this may not turn out the way that I want. Uh, this may really be the end. And I think I was almost heartbroken for my mom because she like she she didn't want to say it out loud but she would look at me with these sympathetic eyes and she had her everything was was fine she had her mind and but it was almost like like listen i don't know how to tell you but this is not gonna end the way you <laughs> the way you think and until i started reading what she wasn't saying and hearing what she wasn't saying was that's when I started to come to grips with the fact that holy crap this 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 may be it you yeah. know what I mean yeah God, I'm know. such a wuss I'm sorry no, you, <laughs> you know the interesting thing is so funny because you're the eternal optimist and everyone like was trying to hold an intervention for me too I was like yeah I was like you know I'm sorry but you can all yeah. pound sand she asked me to fight for her and you know what keep it outside the room okay if you're gonna have your naysaying keep it outside the room it, and they're like, oh I think she's completely delusional but you know what I'm like it's not over till it's over and I you know from okay for me I'm gonna be quite honest with regard to this like I felt and this is probably very you know innocent and childlike for me but I felt as long as my mother had was praying for me nothing bad would ever happen exactly. like I was like she's praying I could go jump off a freaking road, you know, <laughs> I'm like, I'll be fine, I'm fine. My mom's like, mm -hmm. okay, you know? So when she, you know, and I saw fear for the first time in her eyes when she was going through um, the final, you know, final months. And it's really, you know, it's, it's you know, I'm a hypochondriac. I'll be the first one to admit it. Like, if I like read something and I'm like, oh my God, I have brain cancer. Like, <laughs> literally, like I'll go to the extreme. Maybe it's because I'm afraid of the shock value. <laughs> yeah. Take me to the end and then wheel me back because like then I can handle life a little bit better. But then my mom right. and she'd be like, okay, Meg, you're fine. You'll be fine. And 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 I believed her, you know, because I did I believe she was saint-like. And I think that she had a direct link to God, even yeah. if I didn't, because God and I have words constantly. But as long as she had a direct link. It was kind of like, but God, she's my daughter. Be good, yeah. daughter, you know? Be nice. She's just, you know, she's just got this really powerful spirit. She's just like stubborn and, you know, but she's my daughter and I'm good. And just take care of her. So I'd be in kind of the loop, you know? Like, yeah. you know, yeah. it's kind of like, I'm no saint, but I got her and she's yeah. not. <laughs> so when I was facing like the ultimate, like the her end and I was like, 
Um, okay, do you want to go? Is this something like you wanted me to get? No, I want to fight. Okay, I'm with you. I want to ask questions. I'll fight too. And it, like they thought I was, I lost my mind. They all lost things. But you know, I love it because expect what you want into your life. Like I expect miracles. Call me yeah. crazy. I expect miracles. Yeah. And more often than not, not things happen. But I think you know it's funny because I think there comes a certain point in time where you know. Um, Maybe she didn't see possibility, and and the reality was, um, you know, you you you, I can't. I I was very angry when it didn't work out the way I wanted it to work out. Clearly, you know, I would have loved more years with her. I don't think anything, like there's no like ten more years, twenty more. I would like nope. She's gonna be here until I don't need her. Like she's my mom, and and that's what moms do. And and I see that role, and you know. Um, yeah, I just think that now I have a lot of compassion for other people as they walk their path because I've been in those shoes, which gives you a lot of the gifts of the never quit, right? So I can say, you know, listen, I've been there. I know what it feels like to be truly devastated and not seeing a light at the end of the tunnel. And I had people, I had people who said, Meg, there's a light. I see it for you. Just hold my hand until we can get you there which you know my mother did for me and now i had other people showing up in my life so my circle of influence has gotten larger and maybe that was the gift of her passing is to open me up to mine so i can you know bring other people into this beautiful conversation that i would never have if i had her and yeah. and you know I, I i go back to what you were saying with regard to your mom you know, in many ways, you know, you don't want to hear it. You don't want to hear it, but that's okay because that's authentically you. Why would you show up any other way? You know, if you want to like here, perpetual optimism is a force multiplier. Mm -hmm. On any given day, I choose that and I choose you to be who you are that I would someone coming up and saying, no, nope, not gonna happen, not, not gonna happen, you know, because guess what? It won't happen if you believe it to be that way, right? So tell me a little bit about this quote and what that means to you, Bertha. Perpetual optimism is a force multiplier. Uh, this, I, I love this, Meg, and, and, and it's crazy. I did a, a lot of um, self-work, I think like like we all have, right? When we get to that that space where we feel like our soul is just screaming at us to do something. Um, because we don't recognize ourselves in these mirrors anymore. And um, and I remember looking back, I, I was doing this rebirthing. I don't know if anybody out there has ever done rebirthing. Um, and, and it's this process where you go through, it's a 10 week process where you go through like, you know, a conception, gestation and infancy. And, and it just breath work and it's really the coolest thing ever. And, and I remember that I had watched the the rise of the guardians you know that that cartoon yes love you know that part where santa you know is trying to convince jack frost to find his center and he takes the russian nesting dolls and he's and that little core that you can't tear it apart what's your center and he's asking him and i remember that for me i i i felt like i knew but i i didn't know what my center is i had not identified my center and one day when i'm doing all this rebirthing stuff um, it was a great group of girls. We're still very close, all of us. And and I remember that during one of these breathwork things, this this picture, the picture that I have in my book in the back, is me uh, at five years old 
wearing a, a sailor suit at JM Fields in the portrait studio, okay, getting getting my picture taken. How did you and not that, me for that? How did you not yeah. picture me? Yeah. So that and that's the good thing about when your father doesn't live here. There there were there was no money for anything else, but there were always portraits, okay, because we had to, you know, we communicated with pictures. So I'm sitting there and I'm looking at this picture of myself, and, and that's just the one that popped into my head that there was no reason whatsoever for me to be and i'm not just smiling for the camera like i'm smiling with my entire being in this oh picture. i love that <laughs> no father we were just you know i don't want to say we were dirt poor because we always had food my grandfather would never accept welfare or government cheese or government peanut butter whatever it was and and i remember that my mom suffered a lot because my father wasn't here my mom worked her fingers to the bone she would have to take two or three buses to get to her job and it was just not a good situation and i didn't see my mother in law but somehow this five-year-old girl knew that everything was going to be okay and so i say that and i and i always blame my grandfather because he was the most optimistic human i've ever known but i think that in my dna there's this built-in optimism that I've always known. No matter what it looks like on the outside, I've always known that everything is going to be okay. Oh and and that's what came up for me. And then I said, I decided on my own that my little center of the Russian nesting doll that you cannot, and I even keep one behind me to remind myself all the time, that my little center that cannot be torn apart is optimism. And that's what gets me through everything and it's not it's not something i wear it's not something that i have to put on a game face it's just always there and i'm grateful i you know it's so funny because i don't remember a lot of my grandfather but i just had this wave of memory as you were talking and i remember him singing to us because he was a big massive man like he was this tall man like six five something and he was like had such a presence i mean he was a congressman he knew how to own a room and he would sing to us what makes that little old aunt you know think he uh -huh. a rubber <laughs> that's a song that's happening in my head yeah <laughs> can do right can do you know the aunt said that whatever the aunt can do it's just you know it's just the kind of belief is what what gives you the power to to believe that you can be all of you like the, from the mm -hmm. center out like and that's beautiful what you said you know, sit in your center and just move out from there rather than trying to get it externally because mm -hmm. the emptiness like if i look to external parts of my world it one day they could love me the other day they could hate me it has nothing to do with me but the reality is like you know what makes you think that you can move a rubber tree plant because, exactly because i can and 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 there's nothing wrong with the optimism because it's going to take you further and that plays into this and the courage is not having the strength to go on it's going on when you don't have the strength and this is just beautiful and i can't believe it's hitting me like this because you know literally i'll be honest when she died i did not want to go on 
And, you know, saying that out loud might scare my family members and it did scare them. You know, it did scare them because I didn't see a way, like the why is the way, I didn't see my why anymore. And I think, you know, when you have someone who is externally giving you the sustenance, you know, from their heart place of love, sharing that with you, you know, it's, it's a very difficult proposition to think that you would be able to replace that mm-hmm. in the world when you knew there's so many outlying things out there that weren't in your favor, that they did not believe in you, that you had to prove yourself constantly and not to have a person in a, your life that said, you can do this, you know, that like your grandfather said, like you say it, like, you know, I had to like somehow look within to find what she had. But reality, this is the beautiful part of the whole cathartic process, is that I realized that she gave me all the tools that I needed. She gave yeah. me everything. So tell me a little bit about what this means to you, the courage, my father says, the core coming from your heart space, your courage. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's huge and I love what you just shared, Mike, because I think what happens is that, that, that she empowered you through every comment, through every phrase, through every hug, through every, you can do it, empowered you to believe it enough. And and it's what I always say, and I'm sure you say it with your kids, you know, I want them to be okay when I'm not here. I want them to be empowered within themselves, um, you know, when I'm not here. And I think that's one of the things that, that, you know, being with yourself takes courage. Getting to know yourself takes courage. It's so much easier to be distracted and, and to be busy and to be, hey, listen, let's shut it off. I, I can't I can't not have the TV on and I can't not have, you know, whatever. I need the noise because I don't want to be with myself. Yeah. And I think one of the one of the the most courageous things I think that I could and sound so lame, right? Uh, that I probably have ever done is to force myself to be with myself mm-hmm. so that I can get to know myself. I just I just didn't know what I didn't know. You know, and I looked at myself one day in the mirror at at 46 years old. And yeah, I've been married 26 years. We raised two great kids. We were taking care of our mothers. I had built a successful business. And I'm thinking, what the fuck? I'm full of empty. I I don't know what is happening right now. Everything, every box is checked off. And I suck inside. What is happening? So so that decision to really... um, to really get to know myself. You know, like I said, when I came back, I did that, started traveling alone. And, you know, that one vacation alone turned into, you know, I'm committed to taking 12 vacations a year. That's what I do. I've done that last couple of years. Six of them are by myself because I need to continue to nurture that relationship with me. And the only way to do it is to be still and to be alone and to to be with myself. But that took a lot of courage from me because number one, from the outside, people are like, hey, is she really going alone? Not that you know me, I don't give up, you know what? Um, but but from the inside, it's like, you know, I gotta I gotta deal with my shit when I'm by myself. Yeah. There's no one to distract me. You know? So so I you know, it's funny because as you know, um my God, this is amazing. First of all, um, Leslie's saying you both are inspiring. Thank you, Leslie. It takes one to know one, I must say. Suzanne is wishing she could send hugs tonight. I feel your hugs. 
And 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 yes, Berta is a very strong woman. I don't know if I will take that. <laughs> I don't know if I'll own that because I could hear my mother saying, "Oh, you're crying. What are you crying for?" <laughs> I'm a stronger woman than that. Don't you bring tears. And I'm just like, oh, beautiful. Emote. I emote yeah. all the time. <laughs> I sleep you. You'll see. You, there's clearly, like, I would be sitting in court and I would be like, like, you knew. Okay, you got me. You got me. And then Lisa saying that my mother was a force. Lisa Lomarin, my, my best friend. I'm so grateful I got to have her in my life. You embody so much your mom's force, Meg, and she loves me. So I do want to say one of the things that I, I find so interesting is that, as you know, today um, I got my design pages back from the publisher. Um, and you know, it, 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 literally this morning I saw the story of how my mom, my mom, I, I got to, I, well, I got to, and I do believe this was a privilege and my sisters will say the same that we got to walk her through till the end. And, wow. and I think I'm really grateful for that opportunity because that is something really special to be able to help someone in their transition and to, to get their angels wings, whatever you want to call it. It's, it's really is a privilege to be in that space. And, and for me, I didn't see that then. I know it now. Um, I think I, in my falling apart, um, I got stronger at the broken parts um, without even, um, you know, intending for that to happen because, you know, I spent a lot of time in my closet with my dragon, you know, you know, talking to her, saying, um, "Not really happy about you leaving me." Um, having the conversations that people would baker act you on, which means they're, yeah. <laughs> but I didn't show anybody. So I know that there's a lot of people out there going through this agony and this this grieving process in the quiet of their of their soul and and not knowing if there's anyone who would understand them. And, you know, I had people um, who held me, you know, guiding me, like I said, to see a light when I didn't think that there was a light any longer. It's like that dark night of the soul and people walking you home out of it. And, and, and one of the things I will say is um, the gifts of the process, I would not have known 10 years ago. And literally I was happy to make it week by week because you know, my nervous system was truly shot. But going through this pandemic this last year, having the tools that I had learned going through that prepared me to be a strength. And meeting people like you that are gifts in my life, um, certainly from a place of generosity, for sure, friendship. I, I think it goes without saying that I found a soul soul friend in you, Berta. Mm -hmm. um, me too, me too. Thank you, man. But the beautiful thing is, is that we, we continue the legacy. And, and it was interesting because I wrote this morning, legacy comes from Latin, it means legatus, and they're ambassadors. So you get to choose what you want to be an ambassador of as your legacy. So, you know, as we move through and, and embrace this wonderful life journey that we both have chosen to take, I think, you know, in many ways, you're like, okay, so what's the next step? The uncertainty is there. Um, 
what what awaits me, what awaits you, what awaits all of us out there who are listening. Um, I think it comes into this kind of effortless excitement into the possibility of the world of the dreamers, of the manifestors, of the magical ones, even that who have perhaps not seen or known that we all are directly connected to that love place and that center that's directly connected to God, the universal divine. And once we realize that we all are interconnected, you show up in any space, we all have that, you know, beautiful give and take, then we understand the true reality that these people, you know, they came into our lives and bottom lining it, it's a beautiful gift that we get to still be here to share their gifts with others. So I want to go back to the beginning where I asked you to set your intention for tonight and and go ahead and share, share Berta, because this has been such a beautiful conversation. I think that um, my mother would have loved to know you. She knows you because she probably placed you. <laughs> and and Ceci, your your cousin, I will do yeah. a shout out to, to Ceci amazing doctor of body talk and cranial sacral who got me um, through um, the process with my tinnitus trying to lower my nervous system um, she was the one who connected the two of us and now we walk on this journey all of us together you know knowing that we all impact each other so go ahead tell us what your intention was for this evening my intention was just to reconnect i think to reconnect with that love that that our moms and i know your story with your mom uh, i i feel like like i know mary joe i i think uh her legacy you're part of obviously her legacy and i think you're making her proud every day and i think one one thing and and i love again meg i'm so grateful and honored that you had me on on this very special day but i think one thing and 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 i don't want to leave without saying it because it came up as you were talking. And I know your story with Camino, um, as you were talking about looking for that light somewhere else. You're a freaking lighthouse woman. <laughs> and and you know, sometimes when you when you are the light, you can't see it because you're you're it. But I'm telling you, you are the light for everybody around you, everybody that knows you, everybody that you have yet to impact. And, and Mary Jo's light is shining in your lighthouse of a light. So so I just think that she's got to be, and she's such a beautiful woman, and I see her smile there in the, in the picture, but she's got to be up there like, hey, that's my Maggie. Look, <laughs> mine. You know, so so I think just let, you know, don't ever forget that girl because you, you've got this, this, this power in your soul that, that, that you need to share with the world and i'm glad that you're doing it i'm glad that you've had the courage to do it and to stick to it and and never give up and never give up and never give up um because the world needs meg so thank you for having me on girl and for being my friend and yeah. and i love you and and um you're amazing you know it's funny because you know the story of when she died um right before she passed away um i was i was praying please give us our miracle um let her stay, you know? And I saw a vision of a lighthouse and I literally never had that kind of experience before. Now, those kind of things happen quite often. So I'm just like, mm -hmm. 
I know I'm not crazy, <laughs> but <laughs> I saw a lighthouse. I saw this blue sky, and then I saw this burst of light. And I heard, I felt her say to me, "Let me go." And of course, you know, it's interesting because you know now you're saying、um, I am a lighthouse, and I see you as a lighthouse, and. And maybe that's what she was trying to tell me: is don't look externally to the world to be the light. You be the light to shine, so others can see their own. And you know, of course, I spent seven years basically looking to find a lighthouse that I was going to find because I felt like there was a message there. So I did, in fact. And guys, when I tell you this, I'm not a hiker. <laughs> not me. I'm beach girl. I'll go walk up and down the beach. I'll do that till the till the cows come home. Little I won't、yeah. be with the cows, but literally I was walking on a Camino with cows. Not my place, but I went. I had to do it for my spiritual pilgrimage to find this lighthouse. And at the end, you'll have to read the book to find out what I found. But the reality is, is that at the end of the day, what Berta said is so true. Is that. When we go through darkness, we just need other people to shine the light on what and who is you, so that you can do it for someone else and be that generosity of of spirit for another person when they're going through it too. So, you know, that's the beauty of being interconnected on this planet, serving each other from a place of love, like you said. And I I don't think I could say it any better. It is the intention of being here, in like. With this loving concept that you know, God, you guys, Bert is going to take you on the dreaming succeed journey. I'm going to say, start writing a better story for yourself because what I'm saying is, you know, at the end of the day, they did, and they were proud at the end, and they're proud of everyone. My sisters, I know my mother would be so proud of. Of each of them, what they've done with their life, and and you, Berta, your mom, I know would be proud of what you've done with your life, and I think you know, you know, wonderfully enough, today, like I said to you before, I said,、um, you know, my pages came out today, and the story is done, and and I get to write a new chapter for the rest of my life, telling a new story, and. You know, if you guys want to join me, then I welcome you. And definitely, Berta is going to be right by my side. I know it because God knows when you find that light, you want to keep them, and you know, certainly not snuff them out. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but you know, start breathing. You know, breathing. You know, oxygen, so it gets expands, and we become all of us beautiful light. So I'm going to give you the last word tonight. We're not going to read an insight because I think that. The whole insight tonight is just about love. I want you to give us final inspiration as we we leave today and and go about the week and the and thank you so much once again, all of you for being here on this very special、um, celebration of my mom, of Berta's mom, of women, powerful women who are here to make a difference in this world. You know, shining our light so that others can see theirs. Berta, give us your final bit of inspiration tonight. Final thing I want to say, and again, Meg, thank you so much. You know how much I love you. Is、um, guys, let's focus on the good. Yeah, a lot of good going on out there. Let's focus on that and leave everything else. The eternal optimist speaks, and I will second that. There's a lot of good, and my dad will say, my mom used to say it to her all the time. 
you fight corporate evil with good so let's all focus on the good and bring the good bring the love and you know shine and do our thing and you know certainly you know if you really really believe in the beauty of your dreams then i say it's time to transform them into reality and step out there and we're here to be the manifestors the life changers and we're here to just come here do our thing being the deliberate creators of our life so you guys i'm going to put berta's contact information it is berta medina.com where you can find her magic and she has wonderful books called the why is the way and certainly if you want to learn more about your why and get some great questions to get catapulted into the future grab that book because it's definitely a wonderful starter or even middle or even finisher if you're almost there and certainly follow berta as she goes on her next adventure because god only knows i think she's going to kenya this summer which is so exciting yeah. hawaii too so this girl doesn't stop you know i'll be like cheering from the sidelines i might go to hawaii i just like to play with her because she's a lot of fun and that's where the joy comes in so all of you let's love ourselves exactly where we are centered mm -hmm. that power of love within you and continue to spread it and be the good be bold be an awakener and it's time to manifest the life of your dreams i love you girl you're the best thank love you guys all for being here tonight and you know go out there and create a beautiful life for yourself all right telling great stories right have a good yes. night good night